0: Welcome to This Isn't About Me, a podcast that's not entirely about me. I'm your host, Leanne Velke, and in this podcast, I aim to have deep conversations with cool people I know. Each week, I bring you a new voice with a new story and new perspective to share. If you resonate with what you hear, make sure you hit subscribe and feel free to head on over to Instagram to follow me at Leanne Velke. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome, welcome to the next episode of This Isn't About Me. And I am so, so very grateful to have you listening, to have you here today, and equally grateful to welcome my very special guest, Heather Ruth. And um, I'm extra excited to have this conversation. Um, One, because it'll probably be about numerology, so that's exciting. Two, because we haven't talked in a really long time. So this will be really funny. And three, I'm just really excited to finally have this conversation because Heather was the first person to reach out to me after I announced I was going to do a podcast. And this has been scheduled on the calendar for a while. So I'm so happy to finally have this conversation and welcome Heather and um, just see where this this crazy conversation is going to go. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself, Heather, and then we'll just see where the conversation goes.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. And I've been so looking forward to this literally all month. Oh, um, I love and that. And so I'm, I'm Heather Ruth. I'm a, an intuitive life coach, master numerologist and healer. Uh, the work that I do is really around emotional mastery. And um, I utilize numerology as a tool to help my clients truly understand that everything in their life, everything they experience is a part of what they're here to witness, to observe and to be a part of. Um, and I'm really passionate about, um, ending generational trauma.
0: Oh, so good. <laughs> so good. I'm like, where do we start? Yeah, right? um, my love of numerology. Um, I love that you are tapping into this and you mentioned before we started, this episode that you've just really declared that you're, you're going to go all in on this business and, and this journey. Um, and I just, yeah, I'm so proud of you for doing that. And I want to come back to that, but first, <laughs> cause I want to know that I want to hear that story. Um, but I love what you said about just numerology in general and that My own, what I've learned about numerology, I just, I love seeing how when we put it on paper that everyone literally is here to live their own unique life and they, everybody has their own unique essence and energy and story and, and experience that they're here to, to experience in this lifetime. And this is the power of what we get. To look at and learn and see in numerology. And it is so much fun. And I wish everybody knew the power of numerology, honestly.
1: I think it's coming though. I think quite honestly, you know, some of us who have been doing it for a few years. I mean, I was introduced to numerology back in 2018, really introduced to it. Um, I had dabbled in it. I had understood it a little bit. But really the biggest thing that we all have been introduced to prior to this is astrology. Mm-hmm. And like anything, numerology is also weaved into that. Yes. Right? Numbers are really the foundation of most of what's going on in the universe. Coding ones and twos. We're talking about, you know, seeing these kinds of amplifications and numbers. And they do. They carry a frequency. And so we can't deny the magic that they are and the information that they can provide.
0: Yeah. the And the information is just sometimes mind blowing to me. It's funny. Um, I was just saying I just was doing a chart this morning and it was actually for a friend who I already knew was amazing and powerful and cool. But then I started putting the stuff down and really looking at all of her numbers on paper. And it's just unbelievable. When you see it on paper, The biggest thing I get from it is that validation. That's the one thing in numerology I've noticed um, in every chart that I've done is it's, it's not even necessarily like mind blowing information. It's validation for like, it's like you were actually the reason you're feeling that thing or you're wanting to pursue that, or you're doing this in a certain way is because you came here in this lifetime to do it. And here it is literally written on paper. that you were here to do this thing. And it's, it never gets old to me.
1: It never gets old. And I love that you mentioned the validation part, Mm -hmm. right? That confirmation of what we're feeling inside. Like there's a lot of statements that I go by, but the one is, well, that's just how I am. And when we utilize, that's just how I am. Numerology comes in to say, yeah, you're right. Yeah. This Here's the support in it. So numerology, not as a crutch, not as necessarily as a religion, but like, from the perspective of just shining a light on the things that you've already been feeling within yourself. Yes. Right. And I think the more we know about who we are, what we're doing, the energetics of ourselves and the frequencies we carry, we can really It's super sunny and where I live right now, it's the sun's in my eyes. We can really carry this confidence forward in life, even while we're learning about ourselves in our numerology, numerological energy. So the personality pieces, the unique pieces that are only in your date of birth that are in nobody else's date of birth, mm-hmm. right? Time comes right down to it too. And then you have your contract, the thing that you're here to do in the world. Yeah. Learning about that. Actually, once I learned that system, the advanced sort of mastering of numerology, it blew my mind.
0: Oh, I'm not as deep into my studies yet as that. Yeah. I want to know. I'm like, ooh, what am I missing? <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: just understanding um, some of us are here to actively change the world. Really, mm-hmm. we're workers. We're worker bees. We're like, there's confidence in it. And to understand some of us are here because of the wisdom that we already innately have within our soul system, like our souls. And then some of us are always here to help us move things to the next level, to really truly get to that like higher being, that higher awareness, connection to something that's beyond what we can actually see physically in this world. And then some of us are really here to like amplify relationships, to really sit in that and utilizing that system of uh, the book of life, which is the one that I'm studying right now. It's so powerful and it can tell us so many things that we are really here to do in the world and give us a deeper sense of who we are.
0: Oh my gosh, I'm obsessed. Oh.
1: <laughs> and it becomes that it becomes the rabbit hole of the obsession where <laughs> sometimes you get sucked right in and you're, you have to be mindful though, that we're not giving things to our clients that they cannot ingest. Mm. So really mm. when I work with it, it's like, I'm working. A lot of my clients have deep depths of anxiety and depression, and they're really trying to understand how to incorporate their past into the now.
0: Ooh, wow. That we're not
1: here to sever ourselves from the things that had have occurred in our life, but we're actually here to embody them because they were a part of our experience. Yeah. Right. Wow. So when everyone's, do you remember like saying like, Oh, it's an all new me. Well, you're not actually new. You just have a
0: grander awareness of who you are. Yeah. I'm just letting that like sink in to my yeah. brain right now. <laughs> yeah.
1: And honestly, that I believe is the key to ending generational patterns or traumas that we're handing down. The more as a parent that I know about myself, the less I do to make sure my kids are going to be doing this type of work, clearing things in their lifetime.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so many lessons in parenthood in general, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Especially. (laughs) Yeah. Both like laughing about that. Um, But especially as a person who's healing, right? I think it's so, it's such important work and, especially for our kids and our, you know, our, the thing I loved learning in numerology was that the kids born now are born differently than we were born. And I tell people that all the time. Um, They're much more, um, you know, heart centered, right. They're much more deeper feelers than we were born, you know, before the two thousands. And it just is like now more than ever is so important for us to do this work as parents for our sensitive kids and, and really recognizing like those patterns that were put on us by all those hard workers in years past are not like that doesn't work for these kids and it's not going to work for these kids. And there's such a like such a difference in all the kids born after the year 2000 and just like how they operate and how they're feeling and what's important to them, that if you're not sort of doing some sort of personal work or you know this this self healing work, how can you even I'm like, how can you even be a parent? I don't know. <laughs> it feels like a, a struggle. Such a terrible think, thing to say, but it's like, I can't, like, how can you relate to your kids? Because we were born so, we were made so differently when when we were born.
1: Yeah. Energetically, numerologically best, speaking. Exactly. And our parents did the best that they could do with the information that they were provided at their time. Right. And now we as parents is to step up where we have more information. We have more insight. We were we have things like breath work and somatic work and healing and different types of energies that are out there and frequency. And we have all this stuff. And so if we are just letting that by ourselves bypass, that's fine. That's your choice. And that's your journey is Mm -hmm. to just be in that 3d experience. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's, if you desire something more then you have to heal. And trust me, I only know this because I've been healing for quite some time or really understanding some of my own wounds because I was seeing what I was passing down my reactiveness, yeah. my not being in touch with my emotions. Because for years as a kid, I was told I was too sensitive. <laughs> me too. A <laughs> superpower. Now, yep. I get it. I, me feel, too. I feel the energy. I go to a sound bath. And I can feel like balls of energy rolling around in my hands. Like I actually can feel it because I've tapped into that another level of who I am. Mm, I'm a ruling seven and my spirituality keeps pulling me to this next level. The next level of connection to something that I'm just, I can't see it, but I trust that it's there. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Oh, so good. Yeah. How many of us were told we're too sensitive as kids? That was, uh, two years ago was when on Valentine's Day was when I attended my my friend Stacey Friedman's workshop on being an empath. And I call it my empath epiphany because literally after that session, my mind was just like blown and all the little pieces of my life were put together in every single one of those moments where I was told I was, you know, I cry I cry so much or like Leanne's probably crying right now or I'm too sensitive or all those things. And all those memories came like just flooding in once I learned what it was to be an empath and a deep feeler and a sensitive person and realized I was actually like, I actually came here to be that way. And to Ah. your point, like that is a superpower of mine.
1: Absolutely. You're an eight. You're here to help people understand that emotions, the flow of that in our body, the connection that it can bring to us in the next pieces of that, right? So you're here to show people, yeah, emotions are have a place and they flow. They're not stagnant. They don't stay forever. They're in constant motion. Mm-hmm. And if you give momentum to the negative, the ne- more negative you will see. If you give momentum to the positive, the more mindful aspects of yourself the more of that you will start to see as well, and reflected back into your
0: own reality. Mm, yeah, I love that. It's yeah. so good. It's so good. And how like how much better life can be, and how much better people we can be when we really are tapped into those those knowings about ourselves, and when we're open to hearing those messages and and the richness of information that you know, even knowing you're an empath or knowing your ruling number or knowing these things that are available through numerology, um, can give you, it's just, I love it. Yeah. I'm, obsessed. I, I'm obsessed. I call
1: it the, like it, for me, it was really that first step in awareness. So if we're talking mm-hmm. about any type of unfolding, there's divine timing to a lot of things and awareness is the first step in any type of divine timing, any type of transformation that you're going to is you create awareness. You see all the pieces. I mean, I, do I love everything about my past? No, but I had to learn how to accept that it happened, right? I had to learn how to accept that that was a part of my experience. And with that, I can take the lessons from it. And I start taking self-responsibility. Now, once you take self-responsibility for yourself, the momentum that you activate, like it's just, it starts to go and you start going through these beautiful cycles of like healing and up level and aware. Like, it's just, it's kind of juicy. And I can tell you from experience that where I live, it's sunny today, but it has not been sunny in 60 days. Ugh. And I suffer oh. from seasonal effectiveness disorder. And I hadn't experienced it in a couple of years because like, lucky for us, we'd had a lot of sunshine in the last couple of winters and then this winter it was really gray really foggy and the, and we live in a valley and so it was socked right in all the time and I could feel it in my body and this is what the power of like knowing yourself something's not right I don't want to move normally I'm in motion all the time as a seven and I didn't want to and something wasn't sitting well and I could I could tap into my and I sat out this weekend For three hours in my chair, just under a blanket, and I just let the sun hit my face. Mm -hmm. And I kind of had a nap and I just sat in stillness and I wasn't in a rush to do anything. And today I feel like a million Mm bucks. Right? Just knowing those pieces that, like, even just being is replenishing.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: I know I don't have to always be physically in motion, um, but I have to be in nature. Yeah. For the big transformation to come. Yeah. And that's that connection piece. That's that I have like all the numbers on the physical plane.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, very physically dominated. I'm very physically no dominated. No shock, emotionally yeah. dominated. <laughs> I have all the numbers on that plane. So. Right.
1: And so just knowing that that stuck feeling and I, and there's a lot of practical energy that runs through me. I look at that side and now I go and I start to push myself beyond the practical.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And I start to feel like, okay, I'm going to like, I want to get uncomfortable. So I got to go, okay, well, it's practical to stay over here, but if I'm going to grow, I'm going to push myself. And so it's knowing that I have this natural desire to go into the practicality the edges get pushed when I go into my own comfort.
0: Yeah. And what um what power in that? Just even knowing, right? Just knowing that and being able to recognize that this is a thing that happens for me in my life. And oh now I I know it. So now I can like trigger myself to to not want to fall into that practical comfort cozy zone. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, I feel myself going back over to that side of the road. I'm going to go back this way again. Yeah, and I don't think it, I don't I I don't even
1: see numerology. I used to see it as woo and it's not.
0: No. Like there's so
1: much power in knowing who you are through the numbers and you can go down many different rabbit holes what your name is. Um you can do numerology for your business, right? Like there's so many applications for this modality that it's I don't even think we've tapped in yet.
0: No. I'm sure we haven't, and so many, and so many people don't even, don't even know about it. I just the thing what I the keep billionaires
1: saying,
0: do. Mm, tell me about that. Oh, I mean, think
1: if people if people believe that those in these big things don't have astrologers, numerologists,
0: oh, anybody totally, out yeah. there
1: doing work for them behind the scenes, then you're fooling yourself.
0: They've mm-hmm. tapped
1: into something that a lot of us have yet to tap into, Mm -hmm. Um, they are getting readings, they are looking at their energy, and they are 100% leveraging that. Totally. Yeah. And so if it's of a desire, learning more of who you are, and really knowing like what the daily energies are, what the yearly things are looking at from an astrology numerological perspective, you can really start to leverage that for your benefit. Mm -hmm. That's the work smarter, not harder.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's so much information available. Um, I was like, what was I just going to say? I was totally going to say something and it just went right out of my brain. Oh, <laughs> no, I was going to say that I've been, I've been saying a lot lately. I've, well, I've said since I started studying numerology, which for me was two years ago. Um, but how incredible would this be if we could get like corporations to be on board with us or businesses right like the power in knowing that you know i am a person who likes to work with spreadsheets and and rules and and documents and the person sitting next to me is a person who likes to work on you know building out physical you know vision boards not vision boards but you know storyboards think- or whatever like how how powerful could that be for teams in the corporate world to have that information? And I was just on this on the call with my friend doing her blueprint um, right before this. And she said, well, don't you think that's sort of what companies are getting at when they do like Myers-Briggs and those things you do do those assessments when you start at a company? And I said, yes, but all those tests that corporations are using right now are subjective. And your birthday is not a subjective thing. You are born on a certain day, unless I guess you're adopted and you don't exactly know your birthday, but the vast majority of us know our actual birthdays Yeah, and yeah. it's not subjective information because I remember my first day at my very first like big girl, real job sitting down to do that Myers-Briggs test. And I remember in my brain, cause I'm also a rule follower being like, what is the right answer for this question. What is yeah. the what is my boss going to want to see? Right, like, yeah. Question. I don't even know what the question, but for example, like, when are you most productive? Like, the answer <laughs> that you should say is like, I'm most productive during the day. But what if that's not actually your truth? But like, your brain is like, no. Well, boss isn't going to want to see that you're most productive at nine o'clock at night or whatever those yeah. those stupid questions are. They're so, they're so subjective where numerology is not, and even simply knowing a ruling number of everyone on your team in a corporate environment could be so powerful. I'm like, why are we not doing it? Why are we doing Myers-Briggs and we're not doing this in corporate? 100%. (laughs) Because then you can know
1: where your, your team's strengths and weaknesses are, where their challenges might be, maybe what they're really gifted at, and not only that, but when you apply it for like the energetics of the day, you can schedule meetings on a good day, like a two energy day, right? Where that is about connection. that is coming together, really understanding what the influence of the energy is and then monopolizing on that. And you can have people working less
0: yeah. and, and more productively, productive.
1: more <laughs> yes. productive, because the thing with the Myers-Briggs and what I found, and I've done lots of different personality tests or quiz and all those things. But our ego still sometimes gets in the way. Totally. Yeah. Because it, like yes. you said, it wants to produce the right answer to make me look good. Right. And it doesn't allow us to own those like pieces. So now, like if someone were to ask me, what are my weaknesses? My weaknesses are like, I just, they're unknown. I don't actually know them. <laughs> yeah. I, I really don't. I can't answer. Where do you want to be in five years? I can hardly answer those questions because I have a big vision, but my smaller visions are really like in the now. Mm -hmm. And I try not to live too far um, in the future. And I used to, to, but it doesn't work for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And really like, I love, I love that you're like, I don't focus, I don't know what my weaknesses are. Right. And, and, and that's a shift too in, Operating from your strength really is what, at least what I'm hearing, right? Is operating from your strength and, and highlighting what your strengths are. And that's the information that's available here, right? It's, it's a, it's a strength for me. It's powerful for me to know that my strength is creativity, for example, right? Or it's, it's powerful for me to know that, you know, I am a person who needs structure. Like, neither one of those things are really true about me personally but <laughs> I mean they are but but you I know to, to know that like to to know that and to operate from that place is just oh it's so yeah. juicy and so powerful I just love it
1: yeah, I think it's another layer of confidence-hmm quite honestly it's like really coming to that next piece of like this is who I am okay great and I always say to my clients, here's some information, take that, which you resonate with and anything that you don't let it go. Right. Because the, let like the, the dwelling on the things that don't make sense to you don't serve you. Right. Yeah. And I think that's really gotta be really clear. And that's why I work with people for like, you know, the three months, six months, I really like incorporating that. And I have a year long container that I'll sometimes work with people, but we're really learning about how to embody the numerological energies of self, but also like universal laws we're talking about. We're also talking about emotional mastery because I'm certified as a mastering the brain game coach. And I utilize all those tools with my clients to really help them embody the pieces of themselves that they've rejected for many years.
0: Mm, I love that so much, which is so... I mean, we all do that, right? Like I'm yeah. on my own newly formed journey to to, yeah. to find to regather all those pieces and and find all of those things back together. So, oh, what a beautiful offering and service that you provide to this world. I'm I love it. Um,
1: yeah, it's beyond just like I do the re- individual readings, but I really like to like watch people go oh I tried that for a week and it that actually felt so much better for my body it felt so much better for my mind because it is a, a whole experience of self
0: mm, I love that mm. I love that um so tell me switching a little bit off of numerology Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, go ahead. yeah. tell me about your like what your healing journey has sort of looked like and at- <laughs>
1: how many hours do we have no yeah you know my healing journey really began in parenthood it Mm. was parenthood was the the initiator um I had been working in corporate I was a bank manager at the Bank of Montreal here in Canada and I was supposed to be coming back from my first maternity leave and everything in me was like no and I was pregnant at the time with my daughter. So I was going back regardless of whether the no was really there because I wanted to take advantage and leverage maternity leave, which we get here in Canada.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I said to my husband, I said, I'm going to go back for the bare amount of time. <laughs> I have to be back for a certain amount of time to obtain this like payment that will come from the government so that we can have that, you know, good year off with my, with my daughter when she would arrived. And so that was great. I understood and recognized in that that something was off in this hustle world. I was selling things to people that they really did not need. It didn't feel good in my body. And my whole being really struggled. And then I opened a daycare and that was fun. It was the closing of my daycare. It was the time when my kids were getting ready to go off to school that I started to recognize that I didn't know my purpose anymore. I'd done mm-hmm. the mother thing. i raised these kids to the point where they get to go to school. Now what? Mm-hmm. Now what do you do, right? <laughs> like I've literally been a stay-at-home mom and I ran a daycare with eight kids. They literally all graduated at the same time and went to kindergarten together. Wow. And I lost myself. Mm-hmm. And I started, the, I was starting to feel depressed. I had, my anxiety was out the roof. It was a daily thing. My nervous system was just um, fried to say the least and suicidal thoughts started to come in. Oh, Heather. And it was too painful. And I was like, I can't believe I'm here where I love my kids all together, but it feels too painful to be here. And I don't know what I'm doing. And everything just felt off. Mm -hmm. And it was because I was living a life that was extremely busy. And the more I understand about myself so I started working with my coach and mentor uh, Joy Kingsborough in 2016 Mm -hmm. because she recognized I was struggling and so she put her hand out and she said I want to help you and she basically picked me up from where I was at and all I kept saying was I just want to feel whole so I felt fragmented I felt like I had been living everybody else's vision for myself but myself own vision, and I had no idea what uh, what was up and what was down, and I was literally in survival. Wow! I have about a two year gap in my memory where I don't have memory of certain pieces of my kid's childhood.
0: Wow, because I was so dark. That is crazy. I have like all the I'm like I feel that in my body, yeah so
1: it was really
0: learning that emotions are allowed to be here i
1: um get to feel all of it the good the bad the ugly all the things mm-hmm. and it that doesn't define me and stepping into emotional mastery um learning the brain game as joy kingsborough had taught it and still we still do teach it to this day um was a kicking off point but numerology was sort of like that tether that came out of the sky, this string that I could hold on to that said, yes, this is what I'm feeling. Yeah. Talk about validation. Wow. And then I just started pulling and I was like, okay, now I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) And it's been a journey. So 2016 to today and even yesterday, really healing still pieces like, need for approval from my mom for what i'm doing learning to let that go Mm -hmm. to stop waiting for something that may or may not come because she's proud of me she doesn't need to approve of what i'm doing yeah understanding that that. the difference in that yeah wow so i'm i would say now i'm in that motion so when you talked about it earlier I really made the commitment to my business in 2021, end of 2021. And in 2022, I was like, okay, I'm going to make this a go because I had been waffling all over the place for years. And I was like, I can't go and get a regular job. I tried. I can't get it. I'm like, They literally don't hire me <laughs> because I recognize that the energetics and the energy I was setting off was to not be hired.
0: Because There's my business so many, wanted me to do this. So many things in my body right now that are like, yeah. oof. Oh, I feel all the, like that whole story. I feel so everywhere, everywhere in my body.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, I never in a million years would have thought that motherhood would have been the cracking of meal. But I always, I always wanted to be a mom. Um, I also only ever wanted to get married once. Mm-hmm. I've I've been it's happened twice now <laughs> right <laughs> um I come from a divided family and they did the and, and it was actually the best thing they could have done I actually can see that today and I'm grateful that my parents took that commitment to themselves and poured into themselves the love that they required and understood that by not being together they were better for me and my brother
0: mm-hmm. how old were you when that happened? I was six Okay, I
1: was six. I had a lot of loss that year, like the five and six years. My grandpa passed away. He was my best friend. I think you know in numerological evidence that sevens sometimes learn a lot through loss. Yeah. Um, We moved multiple times in that year. My family broke up. I lost tons of friends. I didn't understand how to make friends, which actually has been a pattern of mine that I've been healing for quite some time, is friendship. Mm. because my initial years of that you would really understand how to make friends and that like grade one year I didn't get that because I was in multiple places throughout that year
0: yeah wow yeah interesting (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying not to trigger you (laughs) it's okay it's all right I'm here for it I'm I'm, as we said right before, I'm an open book, generally speaking. So, uh, no, I mean, it's it's fascinating. I haven't talked a lot publicly about the fact that I'm separated, but that was obviously, um, you know, something that we had to overcome as well in recognizing. Um, and just, like, I think recognizing, like, that it's scary, you know, like we, you, you kind of like, there's a, there's a draw to keep it together for the kids. Um, and so I appreciate hearing you say that you actually can recognize now as an adult that this was the best thing for them, for, for that for you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm projecting.
1: percent. I, I would have had a tremendous amount of pain and trauma to heal from. I, if they had state tried to stick it out
0: Mm. interesting yeah yeah
1: um because I do have like very vivid memories of like standing in between them when I was younger saying stop stop no more yelling I, I have these are things that I have carried um I have come to accept them I've also reconciled them within my body and that's where the recognition that man if I remember that like when I was three and four If they had tried to stick it out, it would have been, I think, really really ugly.
0: Mm -hmm. So they,
1: they learned to honor themselves and they did it in a very beautiful way back when divorce or separation wasn't an easy, wasn't really that amicable for a lot Mm -hmm. of people. Yeah. And they did it in a really beautiful way that we did not know their own hurts and pains in that. Yeah. And I still don't know to this day and it's none of my business. Quite honestly. Yeah.
0: interesting yeah it's funny I so I am a product of my mom's second marriage she was married first um, and had two my brother and sister and it's funny because I grew up like going to their dad's house for weekends he got yeah. remarried he had another daughter um, and, like, we're all sort of family. And and similarly, I don't think even through those years, which were probably very painful for, you know, my mom and her ex um, to figure out all those logistics and everything, like, those were probably really hard. But I just remember like going to stay with them, like every couple months I'd go down for one of their weekends. And like, it wasn't weird at all. Like that was just my life. And now as an adult, I'm like, oh, that is like kind of weird and kind of like not the norm for most people who have divorced parents or, you know, my parents are actually still together. So I can't, I can't understand, right. Exactly what it's like to come from you know, my parents be divorced, but, but to see like, what's possible through the relationship that my mom and her ex-husband had created is like, it just seems so like possible to me that this other way of living can exist and that it can be this like really beautiful thing. And you know, like, I don't know, it doesn't have to be that.
1: So I, I, I would say in that is, is more love ever bad? Yeah. Right. Totally. And that's, that's what I see in it. I have a stepmom who loved me. Um, I have a stepdad who totally loves me. I have a mom that loves me, a dad that loves me. I have I had all these beautiful grandparents. I had all these extra people that were behind and loved me and cheering me on. And is yeah, that, a, that's that not a bad thing? Yeah. I love my that. mom was better and happy. And my dad was happy.
0: And that can't be a bad thing. Right. I love that. Yeah. I love that perspective on it. Yeah. yeah. Just more people to love you as kids. Just more people you know? to <laughs> love
1: you. Your village just got a little bit bigger, yeah. right? You got a little more people. Like, I mean, I have sisters. I have a sister that lives in Spain. I have a stepsister that lives in England. I have a stepbrother that lives in Australia. I mean, we're spread all over the world, but I got people I can go visit. Yeah. Right. right? And they Global all got, network built in. Yeah. They, And they all got kids and they're all the kids, our kids are all the same age. And so it's just, it's more people.
0: I love that. I love you in this. Uh, Yeah. That's what a beautiful way to look at that. Right. And, and amazing to honor yourself enough uh, to know that this is actually better for your kids and, you know, I'm proud of your parents (laughs) for doing that.
1: I think that's ending, gen- like in that aspect, me recognizing that, not carrying bitterness, not carrying resentment is me ending that pattern for my own children. Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't have children with my first. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a very concerted effort in that. And I, and I think my soul knew that was not going to work out. Right. I, I actually can legitimately tell you it was my soul (laughs) that led me away from that relationship Um, because I witnessed as I was trying to buy a house with my first um, husband standing in a living room and all I could hear was breaking dishes, screaming. And I had this vision of like chaos and, and both of us fighting and kids like not happy and it was just like a, it was just a full body experience and i remember it so clearly standing there and i looked at my real estate agent and i said all right i'm done this isn't <laughs> happening and um yeah. i'll uh, be in touch with you <laughs> in in a while and i literally like walked out said goodbye said thank you and i got on the phone 2 days later and i phoned my ex and i said i'm done this i'm i'm not happy this is not a happy relationship. Wow, and and then and that's from that moment on is sort of like that propelled me into the life that I'm living now.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, good for you for for listening and and heeding that call because that's that's a hard point to get to, right? It's a difficult thing to to listen to that that call and to trust that vision, right? To trust that that vision you saw yeah. was real and not something you imagined. There's a lot of trust in that. Um, and to take inspired action, I'll say, on that overwhelming feeling you were clearly feeling, I give you so much credit for for doing that and for knowing because there are a lot of people that don't, listen Listen, probably myself included um that don't initially listen to that right and and it's hard it's hard it's scary it's like to go into the unknown to jump off that bridge and like "Ah, I'm just gonna yes something better will happen
1: which it like leads us right into that understanding that what can we control in this world
0: <laughs> really right, Nothing, really nothing.
1: <laughs> other than really ourselves, nothing. yeah. And I think that's where a lot of our angst, I believe that's where a lot of our anxiety, our overwhelm, is that mm. we're trying to control things that are out of our control. Yes. Yeah. I know in the first couple of years of even just doing this business, like, you know, when you like have all those sales calls and you don't get any yeses and you're like, oh my God, well, I can't control somebody else to purchase for me. I can only show up as me. And when I wasn't, when I was showing up when I wasn't really me and I was like so desperate to have somebody buy my program, nothing would happen happened because the universe is like, you don't actually want this,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? And that's that level of trust that we're here doing the work we're doing and not to look at like, Constantly looking for the outside validation.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, so many good points. I'm like, (laughs) ooh, Um, (laughs) my brain. It's funny. So, to go back, although it is obviously all connected, but I'm really, that is actually something I'm trying to push with my kids, with my boys, really is the only thing you can control is yourself. And I know they teach it at school, but it's, I think it's a really hard concept for us to grasp. It's hard for me to even grasp as an adult, but I keep trying to remind them of that, that all you can actually control is yourself and your reaction and your words and your actions and the, like the way that you are, you cannot control your friend you know, being mean or, you know, this other kid saying really terrible things. You cannot control that kid. The only thing you can do is to remove yourself from that moment and make good choices for yourself. I love if that, that kid's being that. really mean, walk away. Right. And we talk like, like what would be, what would be a better way to handle this situation? Or, you know, like what would how could you have done it differently instead of sitting there and letting this kid be so mean and like say all these terrible things, go find an adult or just, just walk away. Right. Like and teaching
1: them to trust their intuition and what they're feeling in that. That's what I teach my kids. Um, really knowing if you're in a situation like my daughter, for instance, um, Has had like a couple of really tough years in friendships with girls trying to control her and tell her she can't go play over here. And she'd come home and she's like frustrated, like what? And I would just be like, well, what do you want? I want to play with everybody. Okay. So then tell her that. Yeah. But the moment you don't express yourself, the moment you don't speak to your truth, what doesn't feel good for you, if you keep that in and you keep shoving it down, what are you learning? You're learning to suppress that, which is your expression. Right. And so by learning, like, am I going to respond or react? And I always tell my kids, if you feel your body heat up and you (laughs) feel like anger is allowed to be there, or you feel angry or you feel annoyed, whatever that trigger might be, count to three. Mm -hmm. That means count to three or take five breaths. Just breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. Just pay attention to you. And respond from that place the best you can.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm big on having my kids breathe. Like I always, I'm like, take a breath. Oh yeah, EFT,
1: whatever. Like (laughs) I've taught my kids how to tap when they're anxious. I've taught my kids about breath work. It's just like counting to 10, in one, out two. And do that 10 times, calm yourself down or walk away if you can't.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So
1: Walk important. Away. Yeah. It's because if you engage in anything negative, it doesn't ever go well. No. I, from <laughs> no. personal experience. Generally speaking, no. <laughs> right? Like my road rage used to be horrible and when I think lived in Calgary and I literally lived the road rage life and I like flew the finger at somebody, that person chased me down. Oh. And that's, that was the day that road rage became not a thing for me. Wow. It was worth feeling frightened because this person was like right on my bumper Mm
0: -hmm. and I was
1: like super scared. I had to like pull off on a street and like, and he, and like, it was not, it was not pretty. Wow. And that was the minute I recognized that my reaction and response triggered something in him, which then could have gone really bad.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. seeing that play out and I can go back to that and go well now I just look at drivers I'm like I don't understand why you're rushing oh and then I I, I drive up against him and the red light I'm like oh hey how was that you've been here a long time
0: <laughs> oh yeah I mean please I lived in Massachusetts for a lot of years and commuted not quite to Boston but right outside of Boston and it was brutal my key to overcoming was actually I realized I had to have coffee in the car with me <laughs> There were mornings I didn't even drink the coffee. I just had to have it there because it was like a calming, like calming in my mind. Like there was a couple of mornings. I don't even know, like, why would I not have made coffee for that? I don't know what those mornings were, but my rage was just like so through the roof on those days that I was like, okay, we'll never again do this drive without coffee, at least just sitting in my car and sitting next yeah. to me, even if I don't touch it. I
1: love that. That's funny. But yeah, That's I think so it's weird. just really recognizing, right? Did that serve me? Right. And we I go through I, we go through life, a majority of our life, very unconscious of our own behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really... I'm big on, I'm really big on trying to get my kids to recognize that they just, you can't control other people. And, and even for myself, that's been a journey too. in this, as you're, you were talking to about, like, we can't control other people, we can't control what other people are, how they're going to react, what they're going to say. And, um and the other thing, like, I'm leaning really into this year of recognizing that, um, everybody's operating from their own lived experience and perspective. And so one person could be really mad about something. And one person could really love something. And this actually literally happened on my social media. I like reposted something. And one person like wrote to me to like challenge the post. And then another person wrote to me and was like, I love this so much. I really resonate. And it's like, you know what? Like, Everybody's just operating from their own lived experience and their own perspective on things. And the more you can lean into that and just let it be what it is and recognize that on a, on a minute to minute basis of every day of your life. Yeah. The more you can just sort of let go of, of caring and I'm still a, a people pleaser perfectionist working through all those things um, you know it, but I feel like, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> very aware. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is a good first step to recognize that everybody's sort of operating from their own lived experience and their own view on, yeah, whatever's happening that day, right? Or how how they've been raised and
1: 100%. And that's what I've taught my kids. It's one of the things I teach in um, when I do my rounds of um, my group coaching in, in brain game aspects. Is we have a bunch of mirrors and the one mirror we're never going to get rid of is perspective. And that's because we all come from our own unique lived experience and perspective. Mm -hmm. And we can't shift everybody's to be the same as ours. It's just not going to happen.
0: again. how boring would the world be? Oh my God, so boring. (laughs) Like
1: So I love perspective. One of the people that I follow on social media is Peter Crone and that's what he does he's here to help people shift their perspective. I would say most of us coaches in the world are doing exactly that. Yeah. Helping us to really shift the perspective, um, get in touch with the fears, the yuck, the things that don't feel good and to really blow that out of the water so that we can become more confident in everything that we do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Right. I was, there was a time I remember like when I first started my business, and re- like realized, like, again, that whole, like, how boring would it be if there <laughs> were no people to start businesses or no people to work for businesses? And, you know, there's no, there's no right answer for what's right for you. You know, my best friend is like one of those people who like needs to have the job and needs to have like the, the paycheck and the stability. And like, I'm like, good for you that that's, I'm so happy for you that that's your life path. And my mom's the same way. She's like always worked for someone. The the unpredictability of entrepreneurship is way too much for (laughs) their brains, right? Fair enough. Um, But then on the flip side, if there weren't people out there doing entrepreneurship and starting businesses, there would be no businesses for those kinds of people to work at. And the world needs... All of us and all of our perspectives and all of our, our strengths and all of our weirdness and all the, the, the things that make all of us unique. Yeah, Yeah, we, we need, I, I, like I tell my,
1: my kids, you know, if no one wanted to work at McDonald's, well, actually wouldn't be a bad thing. We wouldn't have McDonald's. And that's not a bad thing. Um, true. <laughs> <but> <laughs> it's true. He said, well, why don't you get a job there? And I said, because I don't want to work there. That's not my desire. That's not, I know that's not what I'm here to do. I said, but it's a really great job for you as a 15 year old. Totally. To start learning about yourself, to try yeah. and getting in touch with the things that you do like, and you don't like, right. And um, one of the things I pride myself on and is the, the amount of open conversation we have in this family Yeah, I love for that. discovery. Yeah. Uh, about really like, I do not tell my kids what to do. Um, We set a goal in our house that the minute you hear should come out of your mom's mouth, you get to turn that on her.
0: (laughs) And not in a bad
1: way, but like a, why are you telling me I should clean my room? What if I don't want my room clean? Okay, well, can you close the door then? (laughs) I just don't want to see it. Right. Right. It really comes down to that. Um, My daughter has, A beautiful mound of clothes all over her floor right now. And I said, this might be a really great opportunity for us to go through and find out what you still like and what you don't like in your wardrobe since it's all on the floor. (laughs) Right. And she's just like, yeah, you know, I do have too many clothes. And I was like, I think so. And so it's, she's a, she's a queen of diamonds and she's a three and she likes her things. Mm Mm-hmm. And the minute I knew that and learned that about her, understood her numerological energy, I was able to be a better parent to her. I was able to honor her in all of the things that she wants to do. And things are just something she likes. It doesn't feel chaotic to her to have lots of stuff. It, it's her comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And when I go to try and get rid of things, I'm stretching her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I get that right? She likes to see the abundance all
0: around. (laughs) And she likes to share it. Yeah. I love that. I just, yeah. yeah, I love the power in the information that's available there. And and the power for you as a mom, the empowerment for her as a person that can know that about themselves, right? It's just, there's so, so much power in that. And good for you for for also, you know, being the mom that wants to know those things, too, and, and really, like, honors that in your kids, too. I think that's so important.
1: I want them to find their journey. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't want to tell them where to go. Yeah. Right? It's it's really, it doesn't, it didn't feel good to me um, in the earlier parts. I mean, you have to do that when they're young, right? But now I have teenagers. Right. They actually have opinions. Yeah. And a lot of them and you're right they are different and
0: yeah. they
1: feel things and they're more in tune they have a deeper sense to their intuition yeah. than most of us did born below 2000s yeah and I used to fight technology right I used to be the mom was like oh no you get an hour that's it and like I would be so strict at it and then I understood my hot son is 15 and he's like mom but it's that's how I play with my kids my friends Right until they connect, yeah. And I was like, "Oh, okay, right." I gotta let go a little bit more, mm-hmm. and maybe technology isn't bad, and maybe it is good because he still goes out and skis in nature, and he still goes and plays soccer, and he, you know, does all those things. And I and I learned to loosen it a bit.
0: Yeah, I do that every once in a while too. Probably not as much as I should. um but i mine are seven and ten and you know there's like those nights where like they don't want to eat dinner they're like you know they don't want to have a snack or they don't want to drink water whatever and i'm like i will feel myself get worked up about that but then I've also been very actively working on being like, you know what? And this goes back to your the conversation we were having a few minutes ago about that control of just being like the, it's not my body. It's not my stomach that's going to be hungry. Yeah. It's not me that's going to feel bad because I didn't eat a dinner or a snack before I went and did this thing. I can advise you. I can give you, you know, I can give you advice. I can tell you what I think from my own lived experience. But The freedom for me too, as a mom and as a human to take myself out of that and be like, I don't need to stress and feel that pain for you. Like this is your stomach. Like the way your stomach feels literally has no impact on me. 100%. (laughs) It does if it comes through hangriness and you're grouchy and, (laughs) and you know, like, my son has is playing hockey and he plays hockey five days a week at 10 years old. And all of last week, he was like, I feel really weak. I'm feeling really nauseous. I'm like, his vision got kind of blurry at one point. And I'm like, I think it's dehydration. Like you have to drink more water. Mm. And so Finally went to the doctor and they did say if you had mild dehydration and whatever. And I'm like, doctor's orders, you have to drink more water. But now I'm like still back to this isn't my body and it's not I'm not the one that's going to feel the pain of it but I will feel the pain when you start to come and complain to me so yeah <laughs> take and- the water so I don't have to listen to you complain about being weak again 100 <laughs> percent. I mean I have a
1: daughter who plays basketball and she actually in- and soccer and all the sports and she injured her knee last spring in our um or actually in the fall sorry in October in our last soccer tournament And she continued to play volleyball and she's got, she's going to physio, but she doesn't do her exercises at home and she keeps re-injuring her knee Mm. and her dad and I recognize like we keep, we remind her, Hey, you know, have you done your exercises today? I, it's like that old saying, I can lead you to the water, but I can't make you drink it. Yeah. Right. We can take my literal life. It's a literally thing. (laughs) And I cannot make her do that, which she's not seen the value in. And that's the key Mm -hmm. we have to guide them to see the value in taking care of themselves. Yes. Yes. And I think, you know, for like a huge portion of our time, a lot of parents have done a lot of things for their kids and they don't know how to do it for themselves. So I'm a huge proponent of yes, support, love them. Maybe you get their lunch kit out and ready or you lay all of the things out there. But I actually like let them make their lunch when they're 14, 15. Totally. Yeah. Because every time I've made their lunch, they never eat it. (laughs) Every time they make their own lunch and put the things in that they want and they now know my kids are like, oh, I need a fruit. Okay. Right. They actually eat the lunch. Yes. It's a really big difference. And I I had to like, again, that's letting go. Mm -hmm. I can't control what they, all the things, but I can control what comes into my house. The types of food that they
0: have in front of them. I can control that. Yeah. To empower them to make the choices for themselves. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. So thank you for sharing your story or like, I feel like a like pinpoint of your story, like a teeny tiny little bit of your story um with us and for being so open and honest and um and just for being here i love i love spending this time with you so thank you oh, thank you well
1: thank you for having me and you're right it is a tiny teeny piece of my story um because it 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 was dark it was deep it was dark and i'm good at sharing and i'm also and i understand this numerologically there's lots of things i still keep private mm
0: hmm interesting real tempted to just stay on for another hour right now
1: (laughs) (laughs) well and that's that's the like that's the ruling seven in me is really learning to trust that when I do share my story that it's like for the the greater pieces of it and it's it that we do desire some privacy within it so when I would struggle with sharing everything in the world on social media, I started to understand that not everything has to be Mm -hmm. broadcast. And it was another layer of understanding myself in, in this journey of healing.
0: Yeah. I remember seeing a quote at some point or whatever, a meme, I don't even know what it was, but something on social media basically that says, <clears throat> as a rule to share from your healing not from your hurt right yeah. so so i feel like maybe those pieces just aren't ready some of those pieces okay. right and and it's better to wait until you have healed through it and you can actually look back on it with clarity and confidence and see the lessons where you don't actually have to share all of that, like gooey, messy, icky stuff. that's not actually real helpful for people. No. Um, Whereas, you know, when you can look back from a healed place and you can pull out those lessons, like that's, what's powerful for people, not the, you know, like I'm laying in bed as in a puddle of tears today. Let me just like share that and, and show it to you. And, and I and think, do what? I don't know, make you feel sad and like a puddle of tears too? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think that there's a fine line in that there is I mean, a line, yeah.
1: I started by sharing my story um mm-hmm. back quite a few years ago. So I mean, I'm sure in Facebook land somewhere, there's a bunch of lives that I did where I would show up mm-hmm. when my anxiety was at its peak and I was crying and like life was shitty with that. It wasn't about what I was saying in my words. Was here's how I'm feeling, and here's how I'm healing. Yeah, yeah. Because I wanted it to be normal. Because I, I, because like we all know, social media is the highlight of your life.
0: I know it's such a fine line, right? right? It's, such, <laughs> it's such. And so a I wanted to.
1: Mix. Part of me, knowing my three top values being simplicity, pureness, and vitality, right now is that if I show up as pure as I can be in my authenticity, which means there might be days that I do show up and say, yeah, today's not great, right? And tears might come down my face. that we all deserve to release those feelings for ourselves. And the more of us that show up and say like, yeah, it's not always sunshine and rainbows and we're not also all making eight figures, seven figure incomes yet, but we're still here doing it. That shows something mm-hmm
0: yeah yeah right which I think it shows something to me it, totally. it means something for sure yeah I mean if anyone has ever been on a group call with me or whatever any sort of call they will know that I quite often end up in tears <laughs> <laughs> I remember um, a few <laughs> of those calls and I'm past, I remember a few of those but I that's- I often am crying on calls. I'll probably cry someday on one of these podcast episodes, I'm sure. Um, it just happens. And it is, it's how I process. And I, you know, that is a, a part of my life. Um, <laughs> so I'm not, I am not like crying, bashing in any way, shape or no. form, because I am all, you know, the biggest but I think it's, it's
1: one. The words that You mentioned that earlier. It's the words that are behind that.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm showing up
1: here but my anxiety is out the roof Mm -hmm. right here's what's going on here's the triggers here's what's happening this is like and here it is and then how do you take that down yeah what do you connect with showing people that deal with anxiety that it's not a bad thing right like I understand my anxiety now as my part of my superpower yeah it's my warning signal yeah I am out of alignment. You are feeling anxious. This isn't good. What's happening with you? It's my warning light. It's like that red light in your engine of your car that comes on. It says, hey, by the way, you forgot
0: to put oil in me. That's what my anxiety is. I love that you, one, that you know that. And two, that you pointed that out because I think there are probably so many people that don't understand those feelings and and feelings of anxiety, and I even like looking at, and I don't generally struggle with it, so I can't identify. So again, yeah. another episode one day that you can educate yeah. me more on all of it. But I do I do recognize the feeling every once in a while, right? And I I recognize like different feelings that I have, that pit in my stomach, or those other warning signs. But I love I love the idea of maybe like exploring that, like that anxiety for people and encouraging people to explore that within themselves. Like, what is, what is this feeling? And, you know, there's nothing probably wrong with you that you're having feelings of anxiety that it's actually might just be a warning sign that something needs to be modified or changed. Modified. looked at,
1: maybe you're not eating enough food, whatever that might be, but it could just be that warning signal to say, Hey, are you paying attention to you? Mm -hmm. Because I have found for me that a lot of it was attached to future tripping and control
0: Yes, and and worrying
1: about the things that I could not control, that I could not see that were unfolding. That's where my anxiety stemmed from. Yeah, and the right. antidote to
0: that is being present, <laughs> right? Yeah. learning to listen. <laughs> yeah, and, and being in the moment, right? And not worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow necessarily, have the plan or whatever, but we don't yeah. need to worry about it. And yeah, the more you can sink into your body and you can be in this moment right now, this is the moment between you and me and that's it, And those feelings can, can start to dissipate when you're, when you're not worrying so much about what's coming tomorrow or next month or next year, or, you know, stressing and, and hanging on and trying to control. (laughs) Yes. And that's what,
1: that's what I do here in my community. I hold, um, we do fire circles. Mm. So we come together and we sit and, and it's about that connection and that conversation. Where are you today? What are you what are you experiencing today sharing what we what's going on for us and in that we heal together. Yeah. Right? We start to yes. recognize a part of me in that person across the circle. Oh, I'm not alone in this. Yes. And for so long I think we've been feeling like we had to forge this battle and do it all by ourselves and we carried these torches to show how well we've done it. And really, we desire connection. We learned that in the last couple of years with everything that's going on in the world. Yeah, that human connection makes a big difference.
0: Oh yeah, I come from uh, the world of meetings, so <laughs> <laughs> from the meeting industry. Yeah. <laughs> so I preach into the choir there, and it's yeah, it's funny because you know in the meeting world, there's sort of there's the worry, right? Like we could all be out of jobs. But really at right. the end of the day, it's like, no, we actually are very, very needed and the industry is so needed and human connection is so needed. No matter how much technology we have, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. That won't um, change. No. Uh, yeah. Community connection and collaboration are my,
1: Ooh, I like
0: it. my top values um, that I always go back to. So I love, I love that community and connection piece and, and really, you know, finding yourself and collaborating within that community and, and being able to see pieces of yourself in other people and have that reflected back to you and, and not feeling so alone and knowing that you are not the only one that yeah. is feeling this way or struggling or having these feelings or, you 100%. know,
1: I, and that, if, if I can help one person In my lifetime of doing this, if that's what I do and I only ever help one,
0: then I've done my job. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. And And I'm I'm sure at this point you've
0: helped many, many (laughs) more than one at this point. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And I I love what I do. It lights me up, right? I love being a coach and it it does light me up. I get excited when my calendar is full and, but I also recognize when I need space. Mm Mm-hmm. And you know, I I still have kids, and I still want to do things with them. So I do take a month off in the summer, and I think I'm going to start taking January off. Yeah, <laughs> <In> the future, <laughs> because my body really needed this slow month. Yeah. To yeah. integrate yeah, everything I that I had done throughout the last year, even yeah. knowing my year does not start till April.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm terrible. I usually feel like I don't start my year till like March. Like I'm not really ready to be in the new year. So that's normal.
1: That's actually the normal year beginning. Spring equinox is the kicking off of that. Yeah. Right. And that is like, think about life. We are born spring. Things come out of the earth we harvest like we see the plentiful we play with that in the summer we harvest all of that goodness in the fall and we hibernate in the winter yeah so truly being in tune with the seasons and and the more i know and do this work it is almost vitally important to understand that we all go through a season yeah every year right and they're all at different times and that's why it's so beautiful to watch people in their cycles yeah Like it's, I, humans fascinate me.
0: Oh, me too. (laughs) Especially when you have tools like numerology where you really get to like those, the fullness and the uniqueness and the beauty of humans can really be highlighted using these tools is yes, I agree. I'm the same. I'm like, oh, it's just so cool. Like people are, yeah, people are so cool. Which is the whole point of this podcast. Yeah, and that's why I love
1: psychology and I love learning about the brain and all the things. And I mean, I could we could talk for hours. Totally. Um, because the amount of stuff that I love to learn about, but understanding ourselves really is the key to trusting in that which we
0: we cannot see unfolding for us. All right, I'm gonna let us close on that because that was a beautiful final point. <laughs> Cause I'm not gonna go any deeper on that because I could. So Thank you, Heather. Thank you, thank you. This was so fun. I love this. And um I'll we'll we'll come back and we'll circle back on a lot of these points again. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And uh, we will see you on the next episode of This Isn't About Me. Have a great day, guys.